0: In week 15 of the 2020 NFL season the New Orleans Saints went to Tampa Bay to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and it was expected that the Buccaneers would win it was in the last times that season that they would be fully healthy and while they were missing Antonio Brown they were for the most part healthy and Antonio Brown wasn't the crucial factor to their offense anyway and the Saints didn't have a quarterback they were in the midst of a mid-season collapse they'd lost Jameis Winston and were playing Taysom Hill at quarterback which isn't necessarily a winning strategy. When you combine that with a four-game win streak over some tough opponents that Tampa Bay was flaunting, it definitely wasn't set up for success. But if the Saints did pull off the upset and swept the series against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they would be put back in the card picture, which they were in until pretty much the last week of the season. So they ended up pulling off the win with a 9-0 victory, shutting out Tom Brady for the only time this season and put him in one of his worst games of the entire season, and one of the worst games we've seen from him in a very long time. So how did the Saints from New Orleans, who really weren't doing amazing since James Winston had left, with Taysom Hill at quarterback, manage to upset one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and keep him down to just a 20.1 QB rating, and hold him down to the worst game he had all year, including zero passing touchdowns and just one interception. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? I'm Tyler Coker, and I'm your host for today's episode of Today with Tyler. I hope you enjoy. First, I'll run you through a quick stat line for Tom Brady. Zero touchdowns, one interception, 26 for 48, which is a 54.2% completion percentage, and devastatingly low, 20.1 QB rating. This was one of only two games in which Brady didn't throw for a touchdown, the other being Tampa's win over New England in New England. But how did the Saints keep Brady to such low numbers? Let's look at the tape of his interception to find out what was going on. The Bucs are lined up in a bunch left formation, with three receivers on the left, and Rob Gronkowski offline as the sole receiver to the right. They run a combination of two man beaters in one play, sort of a mesh variation, since it was a third and long. The concept to the left has the outside receiver of the formation running a dig route, which ideally should clear out the outside corner and make him follow the dig. They then have the innermost receiver run a real route, and taking advantage of the space left by the outside corner, who hopefully would be following the dig route. The reason why they use the innermost receiver instead of the middle one is to use the rub technique, which should give the defenders an ability to run into each other, and they would cross paths. Ideally, the wheel will be wide open for a big gain, because the rub would kind of erase a defender from that wheel route for a little bit. The other concept the Bucks are running is a double crossing route, in which the middle receiver from the left will run across the field in the drag, further accentuating the rub concept, and Gronk will run a shallower jag in the opposite direction. Not only does Gronk work as a check down, but the two crossers are natural man coverage beaters since the receiver has the physical advantage and the leverage advantage. The running back also runs a route, and though he's kind of stuffed at the line of scrimmage, it kind of appears to be an angle route out of the backfield to serve as a check down for Tom Brady, because as we know, he loves those. The Saints are indeed running man on this 3rd and 10, although it's not as basic as the Bucks might have expected. The bunch is predictably covered, with each receiver getting covered by the man who's directly in front of him. Although in a too high safety shell, only the safety above the bunch actually stays deep to cover. The other works in a bracket technique to eliminate Gronkowski altogether. In the bracket, the cornerback lined up on him takes him with any route where he would break outward, playing with outside leverage. The strong safety, who drops from the shell, will take Gronk in the case of any in-breaking route, which is precisely what he does. The safety has a leverage advantage and a speed advantage, which is crucial to keeping Gronk quiet, especially in something where you might want a big bodied person to make a catch. The inline linebacker smothers the running back as well, which eliminates him from the play entirely and keeps any check down from being an option. The most important part of the play is in New Orleans' defensive line. Cam Jordan has one of the best speed rushes in the NFL so they let him run as wide as he wants, leaving a large space in the B-gap in between the tackle and the guard. The remaining three rushers all did their best to collapse the shape of the pocket, rather than get around their blocks. Typically, defensive lines will attempt to layer their rushes, especially really good, well-coached defenses like the Saints, which would put a player on each level of the offensive line, so there isn't a gaping hole like the one we see in the B-gap that Cam Jordan left. Against Brady, however, The Saints leave the hole on purpose. Forcing him to make a throw off balance, or even make him run outside of the pocket, feels like an extra defender since he has physical limitations when the play starts to fall apart. By flushing Brady out of the pocket to avoid a sack, he has to make a throw while falling backwards, which was a disaster from the moment he started to run. Yes, the Saints secondary did blanket the Bucs, but the turnover was really forced by the defensive line, which is what made the Saints defense So good in a 9-0 shutout. The New Orleans Saints with Dennis Allen are definitely going to be a defensive-minded team. He did a very good job last year. He has a very good, talented defense around him with some old players, some young players, and some in between, which is a very good mix. And ultimately, they're just a good team. So while it is going to be interesting to see what they can do, and if they can keep up the pace that they did against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, they certainly have a chance at winning the division, and they definitely have a chance at making the postseason. So I'm excited to see if they'll make the playoffs. Um, They should, but you never know. James Swenson could regress or something could happen along the way because no one would have expected so many injuries to plague them. But they're on pace to be a very good team this year, so it's going to be difficult for them to not do well in their division. But they also laid out a blueprint for beating Tom Brady. And while it's very hard to do, and that's why the Saints were able to do it's because they had all that personnel that was perfect for it. Got to have good man coverage really good pass rushers, and ultimately a smart person as your defensive coordinator or head coach. And they have all of that. So I look forward to seeing if anyone uses that same blueprint against Tom Brady. I know we saw a little bit that season, and we've seen it a couple times before then too. When you can make him uncomfortable and make him move around, make him kind of get mad at his offensive line, he does tend to make more mistakes. So let's see what we can get from him this year. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening.